Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years, from the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them. AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, great to have you with us. It is the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco in 2022. And on this edition of the pod, we're going to sit down and take a look at a topic that's close to the heart of many, many Supercars fans. The Volvo Supercars program that only ran for a handful of years did all sorts of things. It was a winner, it put a kid on the map, it made Gary Rogers do some more silly things, and it sent some cars across to the other side of the world, sadly, meaning we can't see them on track anymore. This is the story of the Swedish supercars. back some amazing memories and it wasn't that long ago that we had Volvos on the grid in supercars of course we're counting down to the Repco Supercars Championship of 2022 kicking off and the last of the era as Ford and Holden go at it for the last time before Gen 3 comes next year and the Chevy Camaro takes on the Mustang but we thought we'd look at this topic Will Dale's along with me here because Will this is a topic that we get huge traction on. The fans love hearing and reading about the Volvos. Scotty McLaughlin made a big mark. Gary Rogers always makes a mark, sometimes in Abergear. <laughs> uh, but every time we do social media content, previous podcasts with Gary and, and Scotty, the Volvo program really strikes a chord. Why is it so? I think the, the main reason is it just seemed like it was a lot of fun. That's that's the key thing about this. It was successful. The cars were very different to what you would expect a Volvo to be. I mean, Volvo has always on and off had that reputation as being a car for, um, shall we say, older people. The lawn bowl set. Yep. The um, box of tissues on the rear parcel shelf. (laughs) You still see it around, though. Yeah, you do. And not just in Volvos, to be fair. But, yeah, it's, it's a car that completely turned around what a lot of people would have expected of a Volvo. Stayed safe, like car that boring. you would not take yeah Vanilla. boring yeah exactly car that's great technologically and great and very safe but not something you would go out and have fun on the back roads with not a passion and emotion evoker and yet this one did oh it still does yeah it still does that uh blue s60 with the the engine note i can still hear it in my head and because that was so different to the ford and the holden mm. gm versions of the engines that were out there of course nissan was in the game by this point and the amg mercedes that wasn't an amg mercedes according to mercedes benz australia uh, was also <laughs> there with with erebus so 
The Volvo program was actually announced in June 2013, so partway through the first year of Car of the Future, which saw GRM race Commodore VFs with Scott McLaughlin in his rookie year and Alex Premer, well, Alexandre Premer to our, our French listeners, uh, but Alex Premer to our Australian listeners. Good Hawthorne support. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, one always, of the French I always Hawthorne managed to link that yeah. in. But they were doing their thing. The Volvo deal gets announced. Gary had been courting Chrysler prior to that. And he'd come quite close to Chrysler, which he spoke about on the podcast that I did with him last year. If you haven't heard it, go back through our files and and jump on YouTube too. Uh, There's a full video of the Gary Rogers podcast on our V8 Sleuth YouTube channel. Um, And the thing with all of this is I don't reckon that the Volvo thing that we're here talking about today plays out the way it did and we would be speaking with the same um, love, passion, if this went to some other team, if some other team became the Volvo squad, I don't reckon it plays out the same results-wise or the way that it's thought of and looked back on by us now. For sure. Scott, the fact that Scott was like the young kid coming up, had yet to, had, he'd won a couple of races but had yet to really become the dominant force that he'd later be, That it was refreshing to see someone so young, so energetic, so exuberant, so excited to just be going out and running at the front of the field and picking off the big guns. Yeah. That was a key part of it. And, of course, everything we know about Gary Rogers and the um, special sort of- (laughs) I was wondering where you're going with this. (laughs) The the sort of thing that only Gary Rogers can bring. Well, the other thing was it was different. And I think uh, quite often in life, motorsport- we like things that are different, and it's because they're different. We've seen Commodores and Falcons racing forever. So mm. when the Nissan deal came off, that was great because we're going to get something a bit different. The Mercedes, bit different again. The Volvo, bit different again. So variety was the spice of life in supercars in that first period of, of Car of the Future where they managed to – they talked about opening the shop front, and they managed to get some people come in and buy from Absolutely. the shop. So. Volvo coming in, but the key bit here that the other two didn't have, results. Oh, absolutely. They won stuff, they competed, and they contended. Yes, they had a lot of fun along the way, the retro liveries, Gary's crazy shit with the, <laughs> you know, the sauna on the grid and the ABBA dress-ups and all that cool stuff and fun stuff. But look at the stat sheet of what they did in, what was it, 2014, 15, 16, mm-hmm. versus Nissan's best three years with Kelly's, and Erebus's, well, they only had three years with Merckx and then they went to Commodores, mm. head and shoulders above and beyond everything that anybody else did. And, and then and there's a bunch of other factors at play probably, sure. but the results are on the paper in front of me. Not only were they successful, they were successful pretty well straight away. I mean, round one, Adelaide 2014, <laughs> race two, Scott McLaughlin picks off Jamie Wincup for second at the final corner. But the funny thing is that famous plucked it in a first, gave it some journal and F, yeah, mm. You would think he won the race by the reaction <laughs> think, on the day yeah. and the memories in my head. You'd think because it's such an epic fight in the closing laps, if you've not seen it, it'll be on Supercars YouTube somewhere. Wink up v McLaughlin. Lowndes is a mile down the road winning the bloody race. No one gives a shit about Lowndes. Yeah. It's all about those two gonzos going at it side by side on the way back into Victoria Park. McLaughlin's nearly in the fence. Last corner, we sort of lose the camera shot because you've got to show the winner crossing the line. <laughs> yeah. And then Give all of a sudden, he's, he's got him, he's passed him. My initial thought, in the because I was in the commentary box, I think, in that era. That's Channel 7 era, isn't it? Yep. Um, with Scafie and Crompo. And I thought he must have hit him. 
because I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. How else does he get in front? But just Jamie overcooked it. The kid got by him. And the place, I don't remember a grandstand at Adelaide, probably cheering like that for a long time since the early years of the Clipsal 500. It was kind of, if you were a Ford fan, you were a Volvo fan right there because mm. you saw the Holden bloke get done. So there were already a few GRM McLaughlin fans. But as he said in that interview, apart from his obvious F, yeah, <laughs> yes. was, you know, people were making all the jokes. I guess they're not now. He was exactly right because right then the Volvo thing got legitimacy and if one day we're going to write the Scott McLaughlin book or doco or video or whatever it is, and if you backtrack in his supercar career, I argue that that point where he finishes second, doesn't mm. even win, that's his arrival moment in the sport. Not when he wins Pukekohe the year before, mm. not when he wins Albert Park. Everyone forgets he's won at Albert Park in the non-championship races two years in a row, including in the Volvo. Mm. Forget all that. That's when he burst into the national sporting conscience where because that clip got a run everywhere on every general yes. sports show, news service. So he went from Scott McLaughlin, race-winning driver, up-and-comer of supercars to, holy shit, he's the Volvo bloke who drops the F-bomb and he's fast and he's cool and he's this and he's that, and away he went. Absolutely. You remember that race was also prime time in in the evening mm. as well. Yeah, it was the it first was. year that the Saturday afternoon Clipsal races were split in half. And I agree with I was in the Walkinshaw garage for those closing laps and I've not heard a crowd noise like that outside of a football stadium. <laughs> it was it was honestly amazing. And of course couldn't actually see what was going on because the height of the pit wall. But, yeah, something, you knew something, something good, good had happened. Yeah. Well, well, the, Scotty cooked the hairpin, though. He went so – remember, he went so safe that that let Winkup just drive up and around the outside of him off the mm. exit when anybody else, you know, wouldn't have expected to get a free kick like that. But as it turned out, he finished second. No one remembers Lowndes winning the race and everyone remembers that the moment that the Volvo in its first ever, you know, weekend racing, not quite the first race, race two, mm. uh, goes and delivers that, which was was stunning and was above. And I think you could see the reaction on the pit wall from the GRM crew because they've slaved over this project. They loved, I think they really loved being involved in something from the ground floor. Like yeah. they built this thing. They designed it. They worked with the guys at Polestar on the engines. Um, I mean, the Polestar guys did the engines, but of course, there's that connectivity between engines got to go in the car. Yeah, it's yeah, got to work. talk to one another to make yeah. it all happen. And it was like, I reckon Gary Rogers looked more emotional that day after that result than he did after when they won Bathurst 14 years earlier. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I mean, you think about not only did he finish second, the person he beat, the team that he was beat, the team to beat, the team to beat, absolutely. Like Jamie Wincup was coming off. Two, three consecutive championships at that point. I think it was. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had the number one on the window. Yeah. He was clearly the guy to beat. And of course, in the 2014 season, went on to absolutely trounce everyone mm. by a significant margin. And Scotty and the Volvo picked him off like like it was just the easiest, not, well, not the easiest thing <laughs> in the world, but like gave him a run for his money and beat him to the line. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment. And if you backtrack, so that's what Feb, March 2014. Mm. June 2013 is when the Volvo deal was announced that it yes. was on and they were, were doing it. Every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. 
Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars, unforgettable. And do you remember that when that car first tested the Volvo, it was plain white, like a test livery, but it was it was plain white. Mm. Didn't have a Volvo engine in it. Oh, it didn't, did it? No, it had a GM Walkinshaw built engine because that's what they were running in their Commodores. The first engine from Polestar wasn't done and dusted, ready to go yet. Mm. So they whipped one out. I don't know if it was in a Commodore, but it was from their pool of <laughs> Commodore <laughs> engines to bang it in because they needed to do the aero and um, the shakedown testing to get the um, the, the, the aero testing done with supercars for the, or the even final just their aero own aero testing, just their just own, to, just to, to get verify there. what was in our yeah, CAD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and if you're not, um, and th- this is bringing back a lot of things for us and for you listening into this. The engine in the Volvo S60 supercar was actually based on a four a 4.4 liter um, engine that was a Yamaha creation for Volvo that was in the XC90 SUV and then in the S80. That's sort of a couple of years earlier. I think it was about mm. 07, I think the S80 was. Got phased out of the local lineup in Australia three years before the supercar actually raced. <laughs> but importantly, it was something from the catalogue from – um, and a lot of fans who criticise Car of the Future and don't like that the chassis are the same and their kit cars and all that, I mean, that's a whole other chat for a whole yes. other day. But it was from the family pool and they identified that as the motor to go with, of course, up to five litres for the supercar specs and supercar regulations. But the sound of that thing... It didn't sound like that meaty, grunty V8 that the Holden and the Ford had. And the Altima for that And the Altima had a pretty raspy sort of a thing. And Mm. the AMG initially was really raspy. Then it was a little less raspy after that. But the Volvo just had a different – it wasn't a turbo whistle. It kind of sounded like a Super Tour on steroids. Yeah, it was like a Super Tour that had a massive shot in the backside of adrenaline. And it created this amazing thing. But a lot of people forget that it actually was shaken down with a – GM engine in it. So the Volvo fans will just not want to be reminded of that dirty little piece of history. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at a photo of it now that um, that was leaked, but it's quite clearly a staged, fo- staged photo because the car's in front of the GRM transporter and next to it, because the shakedown happened at RAAF sale and over in Gippsland. And what else is, what's based out of RAAF sale? don't know. The roulettes. So the Volvo's parked next to one of the roulette, the Pilatus PC9 planes that the roulettes use. <laughs> Are you, so, are you accusing the roulette pilots of leaking photos? Well, look, a lot of effort's clearly gone to put that photo together and um, spy photo it probably wasn't. <laughs> I think I remember those white spy photos of that first Volvo test. I think they were in auto action at the time on the, mm. the front cover, which no doubt um, might have draw, drawn the ire of a few people in uh, Volvo corporate land. But it wasn't McLaughlin or his teammate Alex Premer who – actually drove the Volvo when it first started testing. It was Greg Ritter, who a lot of people forget, of course, is, was a long-time enduro driver for, for GRM, a full-timer in his own right for, for Stone Brothers and FPR. And a plasterer. And plasterer. Um, we've got Can't to get him on the that. pod yeah. because I need to learn how to plaster. Uh, you probably do too. It would probably be a very handy skill that we should pick up from a pod <laughs> yes. with, with, with Greg. But that white car, so that was after the season had finished in 13 when the Volvo first hit the track. So from when it first actually rolled onto a track in, what, December 13, mm. then it's 
you know, into the testing program. Yeah. And it gets its racing. Volvo engine in January, in mid-January. Yeah, and then it's racing, what, end of Feb, early March. Yeah, like the test date SMP was mid to late Feb. Just It's quick. It's quick. Like for a program that was announced in June 13, to turn that around and then have a car on the track, what's that, eight months later virtually for a race? Yeah. And be quick. Yeah, yeah, and that's the key. It wasn't just there to make up yeah. the numbers. It was it was definitely fast um, straight away. It's, quick- worth, it's worth noting also that um, as in that eight-month period, they needed to find a driver because Alex Premer wasn't continuing on with the team into 2014 and there was a lot of mystery over exactly who was going to be joining Scotty in that second Volvo and it was eventually announced in January of 2014 and... We actually had Fox Sports. That, I used to because used to work as the motorsport guy on the Fox Sports website. We actually arranged for that that announcement to be live streamed online, and it did massive numbers. Like mm. this is so even before the Volvo hit the track, it was getting a lot of a lot of attention from fans because yeah, the sort of traffic it drove was like the sort of thing you'd see with NRL and AFL and those sort of numbers for a second driver announcement, which, of course, turned out to be Robert Dahlgren. Yeah, the Swede. I remember it well because I hosted it, and it was 42 (laughs) degrees that day in Melbourne. It was seriously cooking in GRM's workshop in Dandenong. It was it was one of those sweaty summer days that was not uh, not much fun if you didn't like the the warm weather. That's definitely for sure. Hey, before we continue with our Volvo chat, I just want to remind our listeners too, our great mates at the motorsporttrader.com, Luke and his team put together some amazing memorabilia. Have a look at their website because they're keeping your motorsport memories alive. There's race suits, there's panels, there's all sorts of stuff that would be perfect in the man or lady cave that is – absolutely packed with motorsport stuff. So that's the motorsporttrader.com. Check them out online. They've got some really cool stuff floating around. I'm not sure, Will, if there's any Volvo or GRM stuff floating around on the site, but keep your eyes peeled. You never know what might pop up there uh, in terms of the stuff. And he also consigns stuff too. So if you're looking to maybe sell some stuff, get in touch with them. Um, the thing that sticks out for me for this Volvo, though, that when they first they've done the testing, how do you launch and make an impact with a new supercar? Take a cover off it and everyone claps politely and we eat some cucumber sandwiches? Nah, stuff that. Let's drive that bad boy across the Harbour Bridge in morning <laughs> peak hour. That's exactly – I mean, I think there's actually a video on YouTube still of the behind-the-scenes of that filming with Scotty driving the car uh, with a police escort and then the briefing from the coppers on telling him <laughs> what to do. And, of course, with a supercar, you, they're not built to go at 50, 60 k's an hour. No. You've got to give them their head. You've got to get some air flowing through them. You've, you can't let them fluff around and, and <laughs> you can just see him wanting to go, want yeah, to go. Because the only thing worse than potentially getting done speeding by the cops that are meant to be in front of you on the Harbour Bridge is having your supercar break down on the Harbour Bridge. <laughs> I think the funniest thing, though, was, and I think it's in one of these videos. I watched it a little while ago. I can't remember if McLaughlin says something about a, the, the, you know, the e-tag. I think, what do they call them in Sydney? They're e-tags in Melbourne, yeah, yeah. but, you know, for toll roads. I'm sure the bill just went to GRM or Volvo Car Australia. I'm not quite sure where it ended up. But. Well, they got the vo- they got the, the photo. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he got cut off as well. What? He got cut off by someone in morning traffic as oh. he was trying to get down to the, as he was coming through North Sydney. <laughs> So he had the police escort in front of him and he was about to roll out and someone just decided, nah, stuff you. I'm no, going. I don't care if you're driving a race car. I am going to chop you off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yep. trying to get to work as well. Yeah. 
who's this whippersnapping McLaughlin? What's he ever done? <laughs> What's he ever done? Uh, that was very cool, wasn't it? I, I love, I mean, launches these days in supercars, other forms of the sport, are so we've gone to the digital world now, and I guess that that's probably the nature of the last couple of years of, of life, but oh, I long for the day of big launches with big stunts and big thinking and big ideas and probably more importantly big budgets because that's the bit that yes. really determines it. But uh, gone are the days of some of those crazy Formula One launches and I'm sure that there's a bit of room for ingenuity with a few supercar ones in the future but because we're so close to the start of a new season, last year ended late, it's pretty hard to expect anyone to come up with something pretty wow, whiz-bang. But Gen 3, supercar teams, next year, do something special. <laughs> drive them on the road, I don't know, do something crazy, do something cool. What was it Holden did with the ZB? They put it on a boat in the middle of the harbour? That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, they did too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Or you, you can't do that. You can't do anything that's already been done. A lot of so things no have been har- done. no harbour bridge, if you don't drive it on the road, you've got to drive it somewhere else. Westgate? Is it as iconic as the Sydney Harbour Bridge? What is? Let's go around Lake Wendoree and Ballarat and do laps, you know. <laughs> Come on, take it to the regionals. Look after my peeps. Look after (laughs) my peeps. Hey, speaking of looking after the people too, Will, that's a nice segue. Every Tuesday, the Castrol Motorsport News podcast is up and rolling. Andrew Van Leeuwen, Stefan Bartholomew, the boys have all the news, views and opinions, not just from supercars but from Formula One and other forms of motorsport on two and four wheels. If If you're not already on board with this podcast, it comes from our same production house the Motorsport Podcast Network. Uh, You can subscribe to it now. It's available through Apple and Spotify, our website, all the places that you normally listen to pods. Just search for Castrol Motorsport News Podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and you'll hear it every Tuesday. The boys have been unearthing some really good stuff in the last few weeks, as Mike Raymond used to say. Be there. It's a podcast. You can't be there. You can be there (laughs) to press the subscribe button. Now, do it. Mm, Yes. Do it. Uh, Back to the Volvos. I tell you what, the other thing that I have to cover off here and Mm -hmm. we have to talk about for a second. Yes. Gary Rogers hijinks. (laughs) Well, you can't talk about the Volvo program without talking about it. And he set the bar high, race one, round one, event one, with Volvo executives there by turning up on the grid at Adelaide dressed as ABBA. It was a bit predictable though, to be honest. But the question is, was he Sven or was he Benny? Sven? Sven, Benny, I don't know. Were they in ABBA? I don't know. Benny, Benny definitely was. Bjorn was the <laughs> Bjorn, other one you're Bjorn, looking for. Bjorn, Benny, Bjorn, the, the clues Bork, in the Sven, name. The clues Stefan in the Edberg, name. I don't know, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Edberg was a tennis player for I our know, younger listeners. I know, I know. Oh, sorry, I thought you were giving me a clue. No, no, no. It's, no, for, no, our, it's yeah. for our younger listeners. Yes. Uh, the sauna, though. <laughs> I think the best, and you'll have to listen or watch the Gary podcast um, on YouTube or on our, um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go back through. Late last year I did the the chat with Gary. Mm. The cool thing is that the sauna, when they finish <laughs> with the cars, and we're going to run through the car histories very shortly because there's some interesting elements there. When they packed up those cars to head back to Sweden, there was a bit of room left in the container. Mm. So what do you reckon Gaz shoved in the back of the container? <laughs> a sauna. The sauna. the sauna, not just any sauna, yeah. but the on-the-grid sauna. Was that from Bathurst? Bathurst 2014. That's right. Just to really – I reckon they must have thought when that whole program ended and it was a bit weird at the end with who owned what. No, no, the cars have got to go back to them. I reckon they must have thought, all right, whew, deep breath, exhale, 
the madness and fun and frivolity of Gary Rogers in our lives is over. Until <laughs> that container turned up, and that's the first thing they would have cracked open and seen. Not a blue and white Volvo S60 race car, but the sauna from Bathurst 2014. With Gary's face on the side. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, he could have gone so much further and higher and longer with the whole Volvo thing, but I think they probably had enough heart palpitations with Volvo and <laughs> Polestar management over the years. But I think, I think... Going through it all, I think they there was probably a few where they went, oh, geez, do we really need this? But you know what? It got everyone talking. It got everyone caring. So yeah, it was everyone a win. remembers it. It's everyone a remembers it. It was a win. Um, luckily, there was no um, ABBA concert that Gaz and Baz and the boys put on because that would have been a little bit uh, a little bit scary. So we go for three years with the Volvo program, 14, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it stops. So the other thing to remember here is why do manufacturers go car racing? The answer is very different now on the whole from what it was back in the day. Um, To sell cars? Correct. Because if you're a car company, that's what you need to do. It's how you get money in the door. It's it's how you get money in the door. Building brand is important. It Mm. is handy, but it doesn't necessarily always translate into selling cars. So the simple fact was Volvo as a brand in Australia and their market share of how many cars they sold every year for the spend that the supercars program cost versus the potential increase in sales, the two lines clearly just didn't line up. They didn't meet mm. to what was you know, really required for what they were because it was a factory car. They were tipping in yeah. to, to create this car to, to make it run and then to fund it every year and be involved in it. So it ran to the point where – and I think their global motorsport um, focus changed a little bit as well. Well, it all went towards – Volvo went towards hybrid with their road cars and were going away from sort of big V8s essentially mm. as being part of the Volvo image. You look at what's happening in World Touring Car Championship, they're no longer Volvos there either. And Volvo pulled out of the Swedish Touring Car Championship, which – If they ain't in Sweden, they ain't in anywhere. Exactly, exactly. So that was basically – not just the end of Volvo racing in Australia it was largely the start of the end of Volvo racing anywhere, but there was a push still there for Volvo or for GRM, I should say, to keep running the Volvos into the 2017 season, because when Garth Tander remember that he was dumped by Walkinshaws, mm-hmm. went back to his old home at GRM, he signed up with Gary of the belief he was going to drive a Volvo in 17. Powered because by something, maybe were, not necessarily a Volvo. Yeah, because Polestar said, no, no, the engines are ours, we're out. Hmm. So the guys at GRM were trying to find a way to keep the cars here, power them by something else, do a deal on the Volvo engines, do something. But in the end, um, the deal was that when this all started, so this wasn't sprung on GRM late in the piece either, hmm. that the cars and the, you know, the actual chassis and all the IP of the body, the engines, that had to go to Sweden. That was Volvos. That yeah. was Polestars. That was that was the case. So, despite the the media reports of the time and the push, it would have been great even just to see the Volvos continue as customer cars in, in supercars. And be interested to see if they had run on and you know Tanda behind the wheel would have been a an impressive factor in it all. But without factory backing, I think they were already starting to once the decision had been made mm. that they were going to be out. I remember hearing and reading of times at GRM where they were, you know, 
put, keep that, trying to be competitive, trying to keep up on the on the wheel and keep competing. But of course, Polestar, knowing that this thing was ending, didn't want to put extra resource and time and effort in. So there's always going to be that frustration. Once there's a, a decision and an announcement of we're out or mm. we're winding it back or whatever then it's just natural that that's kind of the way it goes, which was a shame that it ended. But it was like this bright meteor that went boom <laughs> and then it flashed and then it burnt and then it was gone. There was no lingering of, oh, yeah, the next year and they were crap and the year after that they were crapper and then it all went to crap. Yeah, it, They were they went up quick, they boomed brightly and then they were gone. Well, it's funny you say that with, um, with the program tapering off in the final year. If you look at when Scott McLaughlin's last win in a Volvo was, it was prior to that announcement. Mm. Mm. At Phillip Island, where he swept the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Something in that, you think? Yeah. Mm. Funny that. Mm. Now, the thing is, we get asked a lot what happened to the cars? And when we say cars, a lot of people think there are only two Volvo S60s. No, there, there were not. There was more, <laughs> another one. How many were there? Three. Correct, Will. Correct. So these cars were built off by GRM, of course, with Car of the Future chassis, which were identical to all the teams, whether you ran a Commodore or an Nissan Altima or a Falcon FG or a Merc, whatever you had going. So the first car, they continued the number sequence. Remember that GRM built Commodores? Yeah. They bought some other cars before that from Gibsons and HRT as customers. Then they built their own car, a VT. That was the first one in 99. Yes. And then so the number sequence ran on through the rest of their Commodores, the VFs that they built in 13. The first Volvo was number 16. Now, that first car, that's the one we talked about that Greg Ritter drove in the white livery, did the aero tests. That's the car that Scotty drove across the Harbour Bridge. Um, And then it became the Robert Dahlgren car for 2014. Ritter co-drove with him at the endurance races. Um, David Wall signed up. Remember, he uh, drove in 2015. But then, um, do you remember that he missed Albert Park that year in fifteen? Oh yeah, he do you remember had why? Badly burnt foot that got infected. His toes got those? cooked. Yeah. in Adelaide. So they bowled Chris Pither in to run at the Grand Prix, who had signed to be the endurance driver with with the team. So everyone will forget Chris Pither's one off in Volvo Land for GRM yeah. uh, from a single driver perspective. Anyway, so Wally got himself sorted, came back, drove that car through to Perth. And then Scotty got a new car and Wally got McLaughlin's old car. So mm. this car became um, the spare, basically. But it did have one more race. Would Sorry, you call it a race? Demo race. Yeah, I was going to say. And it and it went to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia for that KL City Grand Prix. Remember there was five cars, supercars, one, of each, one of each brand, animal, yes. Yep, that was sent to that event as a demo with the view that we were going to go back and do a championship round the following year that never happened. We're still waiting to go Still waiting for it, yeah. (laughs) It's like Todd Kelly is the China-Shanghai carryover champion. He's still going to be that for a long time. He won in Malaysia too. Well, yeah, he did too. Yeah, he did too. Yeah, too. But Scotty drove this car, Mm. the the first of the the three Volvos, at that KL City Grand Prix, and then that was it. That was it for that car. It sat around afterwards, wasn't raced again. They stripped it out. Um, it sat as a spare. There's a bit of chat that they might keep that chassis in Australia because at its core, Car of the Future, pull all the Volvo-ness off it and out of it, mm. and you could have rebuilt it into you know, anything else. But in the end, as part of the whole deal, I'm of the understanding that that chassis was sent back to, to Sweden with the, the rest of the gear and the other cars. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published 
in the last 22 years, from the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present, and the stars that steered and built them. AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au. So the second car, though, was Scotty's car. This is the car that, of the three Volvos, this is the one that you would want to have if you could pick the three. So this is the Scotty McLaughlin 2014 car. So it's the Jandal car. Mm-hmm. It's the car that he wins at Albert Park in, which everyone forgets that because it's not part of the championship. Uh, he wins in Perth in that yep. car, which was Volvo's first win in the championship in 28 years since 1986. Uh, and I forgot, you know, when we're in COVID in 2020 and there was no racing and Fox was showing the races from that track that we were supposed to be at that weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So for the weekend that was supposed to be Barbagallo, uh, Wanneroo, as it's now reverted to, mm-hmm. they showed that 2014 race that McLaughlin won. And you know what was funny? I forgot that I commentated. <laughs> Completely <laughs> forgot that I did it until oh, it popped was, up. Was Neil Crompton unwell that weekend? He had the – I think he was running on three cylinders that weekend mm. and they they benched him for Saturday's race to make him good for Sunday – but I think he only got about four laps or ten laps in a Sunday and they quickly said, uh, <laughs> no, no, move chairs, you're back in. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was the McLaughlin win um, at Perth. Uh, I think he won again at SMP, didn't he, that year? In, yeah, he held off Nick Perkat in the Sunday race. That's right. Uh, so he and Alex Premier team up for the Enduros. He scored ten poles in that car that year, tied with Wink Up for the pole award, which I think Jamie won on count back. Though, but in the end, they split the armor or gave him cash anyway. Yeah, he, they matched the pole win. The they gave him 10 as well. Yeah, they gave 10 him 10 K, as well. I think it was as well. But he did win a game that year at Phillip Island when Tanda ran out of fuel on the way to the line. Remember yeah, that one? Yep. That Garth was certainly. Yeah, weird, yeah I would don't imagine. remind the big fella about that one. Not happy. Mm. Uh, 2015, Scotty stays in this car, which is chassis 17, the second of the Volvos. But remember that it was Wilson Security backing for 2015, mm. that it had been Valvoline previous year but Wilson Security became the naming rights partner for that next year so Scotty ran that for the first part of the year and then got a new car so this one became David Walls from Barbagallo onwards Chris Pither co-drove at the Enduros um, and then you know it ran through to the end of the year with with David before he moved on Moffat jumps in for 2016 so it was the 34 car for a couple Mm. of years the car that never really beat the 33 car Yes. 33 was always the dominant car at GRM in the, the McLaughlin era. But Moff drove it in 16. James Golding co-drove the Enduros. They put the retro uh, livery on it for uh, Sandown, Bathurst. No, they took it off for the Gold Coast, didn't they? Mm. They left it for Bathurst. Great um, livery. Oh, it was so good. It yeah. was, of course, 30 years since Volvo had won the championship in 86. It had the, the Volvo dealer team white with blue straw. Oh, just, it's one of the best retro liveries, I reckon, that's that's been done full stop. Mm. It was really cool. Oh, that means this is the car that got vertical at the um, at the S's on lap one of the race at Sandown. When Golding had the tyre go pop mm. and ended up in the, the tyre conveyor belt, yeah, at the end of the back straight. Exactly. That's the one. And then it went bang in Moff's hands at Bathurst. About Ooh, a, ever. That yeah, was a about a month later. An explosion. Yeah, she was, uh, uh, how you say, bang, was uh, exactly how that one came out. Now, that car is in uh, Gothenburg in Sweden at what is Cyan's headquarters. Now, that's what Polestar was, same mm. business, same brand. Uh, but it's been put back to how McLaughlin won at Albert Park in 2014. So the first win for a Volvo V8 supercar. Oh, with a big Jandal sticker on the roof. 
because that was the week. Was it week or second? Two weeks after. It, it was Adelaide. after Adelaide. Yeah, it was, anyway. it was the next event, not part of the championship. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Of all the liveries you could pick, the first win is the first win. And the, yeah. the, the liveries were a little bit different on those Volvos. If you go back and look at the photos, quite regularly the bonnet sponsor in some of those years, yeah. in particularly 14, was different. It was Volvo trucks a few times. Barbagallo cars for the Perth win. Yeah, there was, there was a fair mix. So if you're a... A livery nerd of all things GRM Volvos, you could probably tell us what was different at each yeah. event along the way. But um, that was the second car, so it's back in Scotty's mm. Albert Park colours. One but- other thing with th- this car that a lot of people kind of forget. So in 2015, wasn't wasn't the greatest year for Volvo. Nah, 14 had been a great start, mm. but 15 it tapered off a bit, didn't it? Yeah. So at the Simmons Plains round, Scotty was running in the top five in the Sunday race, and there's 20 laps to go. And the Sunday of that race weekend happened to coincide with a rather large sporting event happening elsewhere in Australia at the time. Uh, Cricket World Cup. Cricket World Cup. At the mighty MCG. Yes. Um, And Scotty's beloved Black Caps were playing against Australia in that final. And the game had already started. So Scotty, so, <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah, so 20 laps to go. Scotty, Scotty keys the mic to talk back to um, Richard Holway. And is it... <laughs> And he says, and when you can, give me a score from the cricket, would you? Let me know how they're going. <laughs> Not margin to car in front or behind. No, how nothing, are we going for fuel? Nothing subtle. They didn't put it on the pit board like they used to do for Brocky yeah. when he wanted a score update from, from <laughs> the pies. And- he'd, want a, he'd want a Collingwood score update at Sandown during qualifying. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. finals time. Um, it may, may surpri- not surprise you to learn that Krusty told him, mate, just focus on the job. Yeah, exactly. It was Krusty's nice way of saying, yeah. just focus, idiot. For reference, they were one for 23 at the time. <laughs> Brendan McCollum was out for a duck. And they went on to lose the match. And Australia won. Yay to us. Yeah. Winners, winners. So that is that car as well. So there's you always come up with these great tidbits about. Uh, well, it was because it was 2015, the first year of the Fox deal. We had access to all the team radios, uh, and it was the first year that they had them all from all the cars. Oh, you got was some gold in there. So it was actually Sally Parkinson who tweeted about the fact that Scotty had done that. Sally, longtime GRM media, media yeah. employee. Yep, yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, put in a call to our video team and said, hey. Dial Can you up? find this? <laughs> and lo and behold, they did. <laughs> and lo, it was there. Yeah. Now, tell you what's also there in Sweden is the third car. So this is GRM 18. The third car was the car that was new for Scotty in Perth in 15. But someone else drove it that weekend. A lot of people forget. There was a time when there was a certain pit lane reporter driving a lot of supercars in that year or two. He had to go in just about every car. Do you know who it was? Can you remember this? I'd forgotten about this. Who? It was Greg Murphy. Correct. Who pops up in an awful lot he of different cars. He drove a lot of those streets. cars. He had a go. For a bloke who was holding through and through in terms of his championship and his V8 supercar career, yeah, he drove the Peanut Slab Sierra and he drove some Audis and a Toyota Carina. And, but, you know, if you're going to pick Murph as a Ford or a Holden guy, he's a Holden Clearly guy. Holden. So to see him driving a Volvo, a bit different. <laughs> It was only it was only recently we talked about the first forty had a steer of in a similar role. I can't actually remember what one that was, but it was in a recent episode. Uh, he drove DJR's Mustangs. He's driven a Reynolds mm. Bottolo Falcon. He's had a go in. Pretty, he drove the Merc. I think Will Davison's car, yep. Erebus car, years ago. So yeah, so Murph actually drove that car for TV purposes that weekend. 
Scotty and Alex Prema drive it through the rest of the year in the Enduros and Scotty finishes off the year. That's the car that he then drives in 16, Scotty, finishes third in the championship, stops Triple Eight from finishing one, two, and three. Yep. Um, won that Phillip Island round, as you mentioned, with the clean sweep where Scotty and Phillip Island just dominant, Clicked, no yeah. matter whether he's driving the Volvo or the, the DJR uh, cars and DJR Penske cars after that. This is the car that probably could have, maybe, potentially should have, but didn't, win Bathurst. Retro livery as well for that one. It's in the infamous fight and scrap and crash with Wink Up and Tander at the chase. Um, I'll tell you what the – actually, just a quick aside. Mm-hmm. The guy who starred in the Enduros that year was David Wall. His effort to drive with Scott yeah, McLaughlin, no, everyone cool. thought he would be the weak link for that team and he did a bloody good job. Absolutely. Both at Sandown and Bathurst and the Gold Coast. I think Sandown for the co-driver race, he was top five. And they podium, didn't they, on the Gold Coast? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the retro livery ran on that car, Sandown, Bathurst. Um, Scotty sees out the year and um, then that's it. That's Volvo, the Volvo program's program. over. Scotty's off to DJR Team Penske uh, to drive the Shell V-Power Falcon. Um this last car is reverted to its last livery from the Sydney 500 hmm. in 2016, how Scotty last ran it there, and it is uh, alongside the other car in the Cyan headquarters in Gothenburg in Sweden. Uh, well, at last we heard, last we were, were in touch with the guys at Cyan, that that's where their car was and is at the moment. I wouldn't have thought it's gone anywhere else hmm. because they have a bunch of their old cars um, in a bit of a museum set up there as well. So um, that is where the three... Volvo S60 supercars have all ended up, unfortunately, not here, uh, not on a track here, not, not to running. be heard or yeah. seen here. That's a real shame. It's it's a real shame. But maybe one day, hopefully in the future, if Volvo are re-engaged in motorsport in some way, shape or form or we can get something going and convince them to bring one out for a Phillip Island Historics or something, I don't know, I'm thinking down the track here, but it would be great would to be see. Good, wouldn't it? If, if, we roll, if you rolled one of those things out tomorrow – People would stand on the fence and watch. Well, think of the attention that the that Erebus got when they talked about bringing the Mercedes oh, back out for we still for get asked. Days. Well, yeah. it's commonly asked, why don't Erebus wheel out their Merc and give it one more run and run a wild card or, or you know do whatever? Here's an important fact: you can't run even if you had a Volvo S60 mm. or Betty let a Merc out for a weekend. You can't run them in the Supercast Championship anymore. No longer eligible. No longer on the eligibility list. It's ZBs and Mustangs, and and that's it. Of course, the Altima was the last other car in the mix. Once that was gone, they updated the paperwork in terms of the, the regs. Uh, is it on the Super 2 list? It should I'm be. I'm not sure. You would think it could be, but I don't know. Well, no one ever tried to run one. That's probably another factor in all of this is that no other team ran a Volvo. No. There, there was the possibility that Erebus could have mm. for 2015 but that never came together yeah um so yeah that would an, a rarity in that in that aspect yeah so rare there are only three of those cars there's two of them in a complete state none of them in the country so that's what's happened to all of the volvo supercars tell you what it's been really cool to go down um, memory lane here when you talk about memory lane too the National Motor Racing Museum. You've got to go, not open Tuesday, six days a week otherwise. Uh, if you want to check their opening times, have a look at the museum's Bathurst website 
or the museum's Facebook page. They've done a ripping video recently with Larry <laughs> and Jack Perkins wandering around in there, having a look at the Larry exhibition and all the other stuff that's on display there. So check it out online. It is really cool. The National Motor Racing Museum is keeping uh, motorsport history. It's really, really great. Can't wait to get to the mountain soonish. When can we go to the mountain? Six hour. 12-hour. Go anytime you like. Oh, yeah, we can that's leave true, the state actually. now. Yeah, it's 2022. Just, yeah, I'm just so not used to being able to do stuff. It's, <laughs> it feels really out there and weird and wild and wacky. You could go on the way to or on the way back from New, from I nearly said you, Newcastle. You said Newcastle. I did, <laughs> I to, Sydney Motorsport Sydney Park. Sydney Motorsport Park for the yeah. opening round of the Repco Supercars Championship. March 4 to 6. <laughs> Tickets available. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing. We no, don't no, sell no, tickets. No. Don't, yeah. don't ring us to buy yeah. tickets. Don't ring us to buy tickets. I, I, I've loved looking at this. This has been really great to look at the Volvo program and to reminisce a little bit about what it was, what it did, what it means in the overall pantheon of supercars history. It's not that long ago, but I thought it was something that we should sit down and talk about because it's really interesting. It's really cool, and we wanted to do it. So that's the reason why we talk about any stuff on this podcast because it's something that we want to do and we care about and uh, and we're passionate about as well. We're also passionate about supercars. The Repco Supercars Championship kicks off very soon. In fact, next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend mm-hmm. at Sydney Motorsport Park. So next week we will have our special uh, preview episode of the season ahead. Uh, will and I will run the ruler over the list of teams and drivers, what's different this year, what's the same, what's in the middle. Uh, a bit of everything to get you all revved up and ready to go for the first round of the new championship season. Don't forget, every Tuesday, Castrol Motorsport News Podcast with Stefan and AVL. Make sure you subscribe. It is an absolute corker. We'll be back next Wednesday with our preview for the season. We've got some great chats coming up in upcoming months. Thanks for listening to the pod. Subscribe and like wherever you listen to your pods, and we will chat to you next week. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years. From the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them, AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au.